the number of tanks. And the president responded, I don't see why not. What's a tank? He'd never seen one. None of his engineers had ever seen one. So what they did was they went to the Rock Island arsenal where there was an actual tank, not a very modern tank, but a tank. And they literally tore it down into every single piece and made blueprints of those pieces, went back to their own plant and figured out how to not only make a tank, but to mass produce a tank. And that required creating a whole new factory with a whole new production line. That meant building new machines, new machine tools, and sometimes new factories. And all that takes time. Plants had to slow down or shut down to make the switch. It was often the worker who bore the brunt of that slowdown. I am Ted Vernasco, an employee of a rubber company in Mishawak, Indiana. Since the outbreak of the war, our factory has been forced to curtail production on many of its products, thus causing many workers to be laid off, at least until the reconstruction of national defense work is set up. There is no bitter feeling between the workers and the rubber company because of the layoff, for we realize the necessity of national defense work. Those of us who have been laid off are hoping to be called to work in some kind of defense industry, and we feel sure that the government will be on hand to help us. As the U.S. scrambled to convert its industries, the Allies were losing ground in the war. The U.S. felt the pressure to mobilize quickly. There's constant criticism of why aren't we doing more? Why don't we have more weapons? Why don't we have more troops? But not so easy when you've been standing flat-footed and are suddenly asked to fight a global two-front war. 1942 is a year of constant political bickering, of constant harnessing of resources, many of which are reluctant. You've got to go out and recruit a labor force. The labor unions have to be dealt with. You've got to find the raw materials. And then you get into the really sticky part, which is how do you organize and allocate the materials? How do you create priorities as to who should get what steel is being produced? The government got criticized for giving the biggest contracts to the biggest companies. 33 corporations got half of all the war dollars spent by the U.S. They were, though, the only ones big enough to handle the volume of product needed, and they relied on countless subcontractors and suppliers. Mr. President, I'm Bill O'Melia. Right now, we're in the plant of the Barnes Products Incorporated in Detroit. We're a small outfit compared with many plants around here, but we want you to know we're behind you 100% and that we're all out for this job of winning the war. The Barnes family has been making computing scales for about 50 years. Our plant switched over to defense work, and I'm running a screw machine now, and the boss says I'm doing fine. I suppose there are hundreds of thousands of fellows like me and thousands of small plants like the Barnes products that have swung over 100% to winning the war. Well, I've got to get back to work now, just want you to know, we'll see you through. The military was completely unprepared to oversee this monstrous manufacturing challenge. Even New Deal bureaucrats and politicians were intimidated by the logistics. So the government turned to people accustomed to heading large organizations. They were the businessmen. And the businessmen had been in ill repute in the United States all through the 1930s. 
Their skills became crucial to the war effort because they were the ones who knew how to do this. These business managers were known as dollar-a-year men. They took one dollar as token pay to establish their position as a government employee. You take somebody like Donald Nelson, who became one of the most important figures to come from industry to Washington. He came from Sears. He understood procuring because he had been in charge of procuring virtually everything in the Sears catalog. He understood how you did that. The military had no clue. And it took people like Nelson and others to literally teach them other ways of doing it. How not only to order stuff, but when to order what, how to get the best price for it, how to ensure the quality for it, and how to disperse the order among different suppliers rather than just one supplier, because that way you're insured of a steady stream if something